Good morning. I'm thankful and uh, excited that you guys are here. Uh, my name is Israel Martinez, and I get the privilege to serve here as the lead pastor. And uh, Redeemer family, I, uh, I want you to know that as a community of believers, you exemplify the grace, the love, and the steadfast commitment to making disciples, which is this true reflection of our holy God and his goodness. And so be encouraged uh, Redeemer family, just want you to feel that and know that. And to our guest, I extend this warm welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today. I pray that you will find encouragement and be blessed um, by what you experience in our midst. Our, our desire is that you will witness the love of God uh, through our words, through our actions, and our interactions with one another and with you. And so in addition to that, uh, uh, we are still, uh, things look a lot better in here. We're, there's still a few little things that we're doing, but our goal is to hopefully uh, April 2nd to do a, a grand opening. And so we'll be preparing for that and doing some things toward that. But we eagerly anticipate the process being complete soon. And we are filled with gratitude for what the Lord is doing and what he'll continue to do through our church. And so today uh, we're going to be in continue part one. We're going to do four parts of this eventually um, of our Gospel of John series. And we're going to be in John 1 verses 6 through 13. And so again, um, we're going to be in John 1, uh, 6 through 13, uh, which will be our text for today. We're going to worship God and learn uh, of Jesus the light. And we're going to worship and learn that we are to receive Jesus the light who transforms his children. Said more fully, uh, we can learn that the testimony of John the Baptist, the rejection and the receiving of Jesus as the light greatly illuminates the privilege and responsibility of abiding in Jesus as we become transformed children of God. And so the Gospel of John is actually this captivating and powerful testimony to the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, written no other by the one called the beloved disciple, John. And he was no ordinary follower of Jesus. He was known with his brother as being the son of thunder. And John, like his brother James, they were just fishermen working alongside their father one day in the Sea of Galilee. And then Jesus calls them and it changes everything. They left their nets behind and they followed him, becoming two of his closest companions and disciples. And so John witnessed firsthand the many signs and miracles that Jesus performed. He, he heard his teaching, he saw his compassion, he, and experienced his love. And so through his gospel, John invites us to experience the same love and the same truth that he found in Jesus. And he challenges us to believe in Jesus as the Christ, as, as John calls him, the Son of God. And to follow his teachings with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so as uh, we journey through the pages of this gospel. We're going to encounter this profound truth of who Jesus is and what he came to accomplish. So remember, the Apostle John intentionally wrote this gospel with the purpose of inspiring belief in Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. So John states his, his main purpose or main message in John 20, 30-31, saying... Now, Jesus did many other things in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, 
He's talking about the stories, the gospel, his gospel, are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, that you may believe. That's the big theme in John. The Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And so today, we're also going to talk about a different John. We'll talk about John the Baptist, and we'll see John's testimony or his witness to the events of Jesus' life. And so before we talk of John's testimony or his uh, witness of Jesus' life, I want you to think of what you have been a witness to. And I want you to think deeply about what you have been a witness to personally in your own life. What have you witnessed personally in your own life? Maybe as a kid, uh, you witnessed your brother or sister do something bad and your parents asked you to testify or to tell the truth about what they did. Maybe you saw your sibling do something good and you didn't want to testify, right? Um, maybe you, more serious, you've witnessed a crime and had to testify in a courtroom where you had to tell the truth and when it was really difficult and scary. What have you witnessed in your own life? Or maybe you've witnessed something positive like a famous uh, sports event or a historical mo moment. Maybe you saw the Super Bowl and saw Pat Mahomes win the Super Bowl or Tom Brady. I can't reference my beloved Cowboys here in the same way. Sorry, Cowboys fans. They don't win anything. Uh, maybe you've actually seen a winning team uh, like Argentina win the World Cup and we saw Messi win and it was kind of cool and historic. Or, or maybe I remember the Berlin Wall coming down as a kid. Maybe you witnessed that or saw that on TV and remembered, man, that was, to me, I was, I was like eight Seven, and I was like, that's a big deal. Seven, that's a big deal. As a kid, I felt the weight of that. Um, maybe you've met a famous celebrity. And, and what happens when this happens, when you meet someone famous? You're like, oh, yeah, I want to share that story, right? You don't keep it to yourself. Um, you want to share um, because what often happens is when you witness something or someone um, famous or big or an event, that dramatically marks or changes or can change the course of your life especially if it's something positive. And so what do you do? You have to tell people the story. If you, if you saw Messi, you're like, hey, man, I went to the World Cup, and I was in whatever, wherever the World Cup was. Where was it? I forget. But you saw the World Cup, and you have to tell other people the story. You have to testify. You have to witness about what it meant to be a part of this thing that you experienced. It was positive and awesome, and you usually do it with great joy, great excitement, and great enthusiasm. You're usually just like, hey. I had this, I saw the World Cup. No, you don't do it that way. You're like, I saw Messi. Like, you get excited. But beyond these events, think about what you've witnessed personally in your own life. What have you seen? What have you experienced that has actually shaped your understanding of the world and your place in it? You see, our text today in John uh, 1, 6 through 13 we will learn from the testimony of John the Baptist, who was a witness to the life and ministry of Jesus. Um, he was a witness, and he testified boldly to the truth that he had seen and heard, Jesus. And John called people to repentance, and he pointed them towards the one who would save the world from sin and death. His testimony was powerful and transformative, and it continues to inspire and challenge us today. And so as we reflect on our own experience of witness and testimony, man, I pray that we will be inspired personally to speak the truth in our lives and to speak it boldly and to share our stories, our testimonies of Jesus with honesty and integrity 
We're going to have an opportunity April 2nd to invite everybody that you know to do this grand opening. And I encourage you, like this should inspire us to, to, to do that, to want to share what God is doing here and what he's doing in your life. And, and that we can point others to the one who actually gives, the, he's the source of truth and life. So again, in John 6, 1 through 13, our text for today, we're going to see that Jesus is the light. And we're going to see that, um, that we are to worship and learn, that we are to receive Jesus, the light, who actually transforms his children. Said more fully, we will learn that the testimony of John the Baptist, the rejection, and then the receiving of Jesus as the light, greatly illuminates this privilege and responsibility of abiding in Jesus as we become transformed children of God. So open your Bible, turn on your device, read with me in John 1, 6 through 13. John 1, 6 through 13. Remember last week we talked about Jesus being the word. He was the logos. And then John starts in verse 6, continuing this thought. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so again, we're going to look at this idea and worship and learn that, that Jesus is the light. And we're going to worship and learn that we um, should receive Jesus the light who transforms his children. Said more completely, we will learn that the testimony of John the Baptist, the rejection and receiving of Jesus as the light, greatly illuminates the privilege and the responsibility of abiding in Jesus as we become transformed children of God. And so in, we're going to look at three points that break down that statement. We're going to first see John's testimony of the light. Secondly, we will see the rejection of the light. And thirdly, we will see the receiving of the light. And so, read with me again in verse 6, as it says, that there was a man sent from God. And so John, uh, the, the writer of the gospel, then wants us to know about this John, the Baptist. John the Baptist, I believe, is an example for us. He did, um, he was that first prophet to bear witness about Jesus and give that example to us. He was the last Old Testament prophet. That's what John is known as. And then he gives us that example. We're going to sing a song about this, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord. And so that's what John was doing. He was sent from God. And, and, and it says, whose name was John. If you didn't know who he was, he was this famous John the Baptist. He came to witness or to testify to bear witness, it says, about the light that all people might believe through him. And so we see our first point clearly in verses 6 through 8. We see John's testimony of the light. 
We see John as a witness. We see John the Baptist as a witness to the coming of the light, the message of the light being made flesh in Jesus. Who John had previously called, if you remember um, from last week or from the first few verses of John, the Logos or the Word. Again, the Logos or Word, uh, that word's meaning was this reason behind the logic or this reason behind everything that ever existed and was ever created. And John was coming to be a witness about this logos. Or, or, or as the Spanish translates it, it helps me, I think, see it a little better. The logos or the word. In Spanish, it's the verb. There's this action attached to that. And it says that God holds everything together. And so John was excited to testify about the word, who was the light. And so we clearly see the message or testimony of John the Baptist. And so John the Baptist, he was this bold passionate prophet who was chosen by God to prepare the way for the Lord, the Bible says, this coming of Jesus. He, he was known as a little crazy. He, he, he lived on, in the wilderness. He dressed in rough clothing. He lived on a diet of locusts and wild honey. Sounds disgusting. And John's mission was to call people to repentance and to prepare their hearts for the arrival of the Messiah. He preached the message of repentance and baptism for the forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. And Jesus says there was no greater man than John the Baptist. That's what it takes to be great is to eat locusts and honey. I don't know. John, John was a, a other as humanity. He was the top tier of humanity. Um, and, and John says, I, I, I can't even wash the sandals that Jesus walks on. So John, um, uh, again, was this man to, that we should learn from. John's mission was to, again, call people to repentance and to prepare their hearts for the arrival of the Messiah. Sounds like something we can do. He preached the message of repentance um, and baptism for the forgiveness of sins. He was starting to preach the beginning of the gospel, urging people to turn away from their old ways and to embrace this new life in Christ. And John was not afraid to speak the truth of God's power. And he Fearlessly confronted religious leaders and, and rulers alike, calling them to account for their sins and injustices. Eventually, he would die for this. He would be beheaded. He did not seek fame or recognition for himself, but instead he pointed people to Jesus, saying, He must increase so that I decrease. Despite his fiery and confrontational demeanor, John was also known for his humility and his willingness to serve. He recognized that his mission was not about himself, but about pointing people towards Jesus. And he was willing to do whatever it took to fulfill that mission. Ultimately, John's role as this forerunner of Jesus was a testament to his faithfulness and obedience to God. And so he lived and died as a witness um, to the truth, pointing the way to the one who would save the world from sin and death. And so John's testimony clearly pointed to this coming of the light. Look at verse 8 with me. Now John the apostle now says of John the Baptist, a lot of Johns, uh, he, the Baptist, he, John the Baptist in verse 8, was not the light. Pretty clear. People thought John was the Messiah. But he came to bear witness about the light. This was very important in the early times because, again, some people might have been confused. There was people that were following John. Um, We see later on in the scripture. Look at verse 9. And it reminds us now of the idea that the word, uh, the word was made flesh. So look at verse 9. It says, the true light, Jesus, which gives light to everyone. He literally 
gives actual light or life as a creator. Remember, he's the creator. So he literally gave life to everyone. Jesus did. But also, in a sense, this offer of spiritual life, too. Doesn't mean everybody's going to be saved, but he offers this salvation to all. That's what he says. This true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. But although Jesus offered salvation to all people, humanity, like we don't want salvation in our own strength. We don't. So look, in verses 9 and 11, we see our second point today. Really clearly, we see the rejection of the light. Humanity didn't want salvation Look at verse 9 again. It says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, is coming into the world. And so what does light do? I, I, I just think like scientifically or naturally. What does light do? We have dimmers now in here. Light exposes darkness. And so scientifically, there is no color without light, just the color black and darkness. And so scientifically speaking, light is the fa- one of the fastest, or I think the fastest thing in the universe, traveling at a speed of close to 300 million meters per second. I don't even know what that means. Just fast, super fast. So darkness, on the other hand, is simply the absence of light. So imagine being in a pitch black room with no source of light. You can't see anything. You have no idea where you are or what's around you. You're completely lost and disoriented. But then, there's, then a small light begins to shine in the darkness. It may just be a small little flicker, but it's enough to give you hope and guide your way. And as the light grows brighter, you begin to see more clearly, and you start to find your way out of the darkness because you were led out by the light. In the same way, when we are lost in sin and darkness, Jesus is the light that guides us out of the darkness. His light may seem like this small flicker. It's not. It just seems that way to us because we see him, we're seeing him really small. But this is, again, it's because we don't see him as big and awesome and sovereign and this, as this powerful light that John is testifying about. We don't see him the right way. As John said, may I decrease so that he, Jesus, the light, may increase. You want to abide? Say that every day. Psalm 139, that's the same idea. Search my heart, seek me, see if there's any wicked way in me. Let me decrease Once we see ourselves rightly, friends and family, once we see ourselves as small and not as the light in ourselves, but when we see that Jesus is the light and how he can actually give uh, us light, we actually are called lights too. We can follow him and we can see that he is actually the light. And And what happens is the light starts to grow and it's brighter and brighter, it's illuminating the way and helping us see more clearly. You see, when we see the cross of Christ as bigger and bigger, and, and, and as we grow in Christ and realize that he is actually way bigger and awesomer and, and more lighty, if we could even say that, <laughs> that ad- adjective, he's more lighty than we ever thought he was. When we see more of his glory, Every day and every moment, and we know that he is actually covering all of our sin, and, he, and he's stronger than our sin. And when we see more of the actual darkness in ourselves, and we see that we need more of Jesus, and him is the light to remove that darkness, not just when we were initially saved, but every day and every moment, and that in him, we recognize that we are way, actually way darker 
and our sin is more, I can say more bigger, it's bigger than we ever thought. And when we see that way, we actually see the light. He's opened our minds to see him as he truly is. And just as light overcomes darkness in the world, Jesus, as the light of the world, overcomes the darkness of sin and evil in us. And so let's look to Jesus, the light that shines in the darkness, guiding us out of sin into the hope and peace of a life transformed by his love. We can actually be transformed children, y'all. And and so the the next thing is we see that Jesus is to be received, but he was rejected. And so verses 10 and 11 help us see our second point a little more. They help us see and highlight this second point, the rejection of the light. Look at verses 10 and 11 with me. And we see our second point, the rejection of the light. Verse 10 says, he, Jesus, now, was in the world, and the world was, he wants to, in case, John said, in case you missed it above, the world was made through him. John's saying, remember, he's God. Here's another way of describing that. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, it says. He came to his own, and his own people, meaning the Jews, also did not receive him. So the world was going to reject him. His own people, who should have seen the Messiah, missed him. And we know, guys, that Jesus, is he's not to be rejected. That's the simple point John's making, but he's to be received. But the world, us, the Jews, every human, we've rejected Jesus. And just like you and I have initially rejected Jesus in in the darkness of our sin that's been in us since really we were born and oftentimes still lurking in us, God is calling us to change as transformed children And many people today actually do reject Jesus. You guys know that. Many people in church are actually rejecting Jesus. And they're in church because they are not accepting the true light but a false light. They accept the light or the version of Jesus they want to see but can't see the true light, the true Jesus. And so my encouragement, guys, is there is only one true light. Do you see him? You see, the Jews' refusal to receive Jesus affects the whole world. Because like the Jews, all of us in humanity, in our sin and brokenness, we have actually rejected Jesus. We in ourselves cannot see the true light. Jesus has to save or redeem us. And so, have you seen this show? I started re-watching it because I I like the dynamics of it. Undercover Boss. Okay, my kids like it too. Undercover boss reminds me of humanity's rejection of Jesus. You see, the premise of the television show Undercover Boss is for CEOs to disguise themselves as entry-level employees in their own companies to better understand the day-to-day operations and the challenges faced by their workers. So while undercover, the CEO gets to know their employees. He learns about their lives and struggles, and he usually has a disguise and he looks funky um, and, or her and gains a deeper appreciation for the work that they actually do. So this show provides an excellent analogy for understanding the relationship between Jesus and humanity as described here in the Gospel of John. Jesus came down to earth and he lived among us, much like the CEOs do in Undercover Boss. He experienced the struggles and challenges of being human. And through his life, he demonstrated the values and principles of God's kingdom. However... Um, just as some employees on the show, they reject the CEO. 
they like talk bad about him, the company, and they're like, oh, look, see, you know, they talk bad about the company and, and everything. Um, and, and while the CEO is just acting as this entry-level employee, many people reject him. Just like many people reject Jesus and the principles of God's kingdom because they don't see him as the boss. They don't see him as the true light. And despite Jesus' life and teachings, some people choose to continue living in the darkness, rejecting the light that came into the world. But just as the CEO is an undercover boss, they actually have power to transform the lives of their employees. At the end of the show, they usually like give them like $30,000 in scholarships and money for their kids. And they have the power as the CEOs to change the trajectory of their employees' lives. And Jesus has actual power, guys, power to transform the lives of those who actually receive him. Paul, talking to Timothy, says that God has given you a spirit of, of power, God's power, the spirit's power, love and self-control. Those kind of go together. Power, love, and self-control. That's what Paul is telling his disciple. You guys can have power of the Holy Spirit, love, and self-control. And so when we choose to accept Jesus as the light and follow his teachings, our lives can actually be transformed, guys. We become part of God's kingdom. He, he's allowing us to play and to, to do things. So let's be like the employees on Undercover Boss who, when confronted with the true identity, when they, they, they have this little meeting at the end and they, they sit down in a chair and they're like, oh, they're shocked. It's probably scripted some at part, but, oh, you're the CEO. Let us be like those employees who, when confronted with the true identity of their boss, in a sense, when they see the light... Or better said, when the light is then revealed to them, or he sees them, again, let us be like those employees who, when confronted with the true identity of their boss, choose to embrace the values and the principles of their company. If you can follow me. Let us follow Jesus as the light and allow him to transform our lives and guide us on the path of righteousness. God wants to transform your lives. In 10 years, he wants your life to look different. He wants you to be more holy and more in love with him and doing more work for him. So let us follow Jesus as the light. Let's allow him to do this and transform us. Because the result of the rejection of Jesus as the true light, if you reject Jesus, the result is darkness which leads to death. Now. Like you're dying now. And again, we know that we're not to reject the light, but as our third point concludes, we are to receive the light. Again, our third point is receiving the light. Look at verses 12 and 13 with me to see our third point, the receiving of the light. Verse 12 says, but to all who did receive him, to, not every single person that's ever existed, to all who actually are saved, who believed in him, who have that faith, belief and faith are the same word in the original language, who believed in his name, we're going to sing about his name. We're going to cry out Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in a bit, okay? And we're going to scream, we're going to sing it out. His name has power. Who, all who believed in his name, he gave the right. Guys, he gave you the right to become children of God. Do you hear that? Do you, do you feel that? You have the right as children of God. Let that sit in, sink in. Then in case you don't know how that works out, John explains it. Who were not born of blood, that means birth, natural birth. That's what happens if you give baby. There's blood. 
I mean, if you have birth. So he said, you're not born naturally. It's not by your parents. It's not by inheritance, okay? Nor of the will of the flesh. He's saying, not of your own will. You can't force yourself to be a children of God. If you ever think you saved yourself, this will stretch you straight. The Lord saved you. You weren't a children of God by your own will, by your, your parents. Or, he says, nor of the will of man, nor of any other, not of man's power. You can't be transformed by a church or by another organization or by any institution of man or any person, some cult leader or something. They can't, they have no power over you. But then he ends, but of God. That's how you become children of God. Seems simple. And he talks again about, we see God's will, this idea of God's will. You see, when you encounter the receiving of the light, we see that we have this privilege of receiving the light as children of God. It's a privilege. And as children of God, we have been given the incredible privilege of receiving Jesus as the light who transforms our lives and guides us into deeper understanding of God's love and purpose for us and for our lives. However, this privilege comes with a great responsibility. Sounds like Spider-Man or something, right? That's where Spider-Man's ripping off Jesus. We are called to live out our faith or belief in a way that reflects the light that we have received. And we are to share the light with others who are in darkness. We have to be sharing this light. In order to truly appreciate the privilege of receiving the light, we must be willing to embrace the responsibility that comes with it, to share. Just as the employees of Undercover Boss had to be willing to receive the guidance and direction of their boss when confronted, even if they actually didn't know who he was, we too must be willing to receive the guidance of Jesus as our Lord and Savior because we actually know him as the light. We know him. He's known you. Guys, this, this requires a willingness for us to submit our will to him and to trust that he knows what's best for us. So it's our privilege to embrace the call to receive the light as the will of God. Like it's not by happenstance. This is the will of God. God created from the beginning. John's making sure you know that, right? Hey, remember he's a creator? He said it twice. Remember he's a creator? He knows every detail, every hair on your head, um, why your skin is that color, why you're this height. He knows everything. It's his will. And if you know him, it's his will for you to know him. It's not chance. And so as Christians, we believe that God has a multi, multifaceted will. This is a little complicated, but hopefully this will explain it. That, that, that encompasses different aspects, okay? And so God's decretive will, it's just the, some theological words, refers to the things that he has decreed or, or ordained to happen. And it's unchangeable. So it includes the plan of salvation, the course of human history, even natural disasters, earthquakes, wars, we'd say like natural calamities. These are things that God has decreed to happen. Go read the scripture and you'll see they don't happen by chance. He allows them to happen. And they will happen because he has determined it so. On the other hand, there's God, uh, it's perceptive will based on like it's what prescribed us. He, it's his will, and this refers to the prescribed commandments and instructions that we should follow. And so there are things that God desires for us to do uh, and not to do, such as living holy, loving our neighbor, avoiding sin. 
And so while we have the freedom to choose whether to obey or disobey God's perceptive will, it is always in our best interest to obey it. Why? Because it's actually beneficial to us. The law is beneficial. So by receiving the light of Jesus, we come to understand and embrace both aspects of God's will. We recognize his sovereignty in the things that he has actually decreed. And we submit to his commands, his perceptive will, because we trust that they are good and that they lead us to a better life. And so through faith in Jesus, we are able to walk and step with God's will and fulfill his purpose for our lives. Again, as children of God, we are privileged to receive the light of Jesus as he reveals the expression of God's sovereign will. By accepting the light, we can come to know and obey both of these aspects of God's will. Placing our trust in his sovereignty and submitting ourselves to his commands. So y'all, the light of Jesus is available to all, but not all choose to receive it. So what prevents us from accepting the light and experiencing its transformative power in our lives? Here's some encouragements. We must recognize the privilege of receiving Jesus as the light. It's a privilege. Recognize it. We have the opportunity to receive Jesus and become children of God, which actually transforms our lives and gives us purpose and true direction. And so we must embrace the responsibility of abiding in Jesus. That's, that's the secret sauce of Christianity, abiding in Jesus, in the good, in the bad. It's not enough to simply acknowledge Jesus as the light. We must actively receive him and allow him to shape our lives. That's what it means to abide or live in Jesus. He, he dwelt among us, we're going to talk about next week. We must overcome the temptation to reject Jesus. You see, the world, Satan, in your own flesh, your three enemies, will tempt you to reject Jesus in your daily actions. Rather than receive him and abide in him. Allow Jesus to transform you. As children of God, we have this privilege of being transformed by the light. Embrace this transformation. Allow it to always continue to shape every aspect of your life. Walk in repentance and belief. Turn away from sin and turn to Jesus, the light, our Savior, who died and lived this perfect life, knowing your sin, taking it on the cross for you while glorifying the Father. Know the gospel story of the perfect Messiah who's actually redeemed you. He has delivered you from yourself and sin. And similar to John the Baptist, he has called us to repent of our sin and darkness and to turn to him as a light, to turn to the kingdom of light and to turn away from the kingdom of darkness. Amen. The light came, guys. He's coming again. And he will judge those who reject him. But he will receive those who receive him. He will, we will reign with him in a new creation, the one who created from the beginning. He will cre create again. He will recreate and allow us as sons and daughters to really live with him in eternal glory. Hope in this creation that brings this hope to know the light. Live out your identity. This is a big issue in our culture today. We don't know our daddy. We don't live like we have the, the, the ultimate strongest father, God. And then he sent his son, who was God, Jesus, and the spirit. We don't know the right that we have as children of God. Live out your identity as a child of God. Our acceptance of Jesus as the light should be reflected in our daily lives as we embrace our identity as children of God. So what does that make you do? Share the light. 
You start sharing the light, that's the best way to step into your identity. You actually believe. You put your money where your mouth is. As recipients of the light, it's our responsibility to share the gospel with others and to give the opportunity to receive Jesus as well. And John's testimony reminds us of the importance of being a witness for Jesus. So how can we be a light in the world? How can we share our own testimony of what Jesus has done in our lives? Are there areas in your life where you're resisting the work of the Spirit? What might the consequences be of that if you continue rejecting? Are there areas in our lives where we are struggling with sin? Let's just be honest. Let's confess. Let's repent. Let's turn to Jesus in belief who offers us the power to actually overcome sin and become these new creations in him. And then the privilege of receiving Jesus as the light, it's only a privilege to you if you know him. Nobody else gets that privilege. Receiving Jesus as the light brings real transformation to us as children of God. And if you don't know what it means to be a child of God, ask God to save you right now, to make you a child of God right now. If you're not a child, receive the light today. And if you are a child of God, humble yourself before God today. Let's bow down to our king now as we respond in communion. And know you're right. Know you're right. And know the joy and privilege it is to be called a child of God, a son and daughter of the light. See Jesus the light, our true king, who illuminates our souls to know his glory. And guys, let's live for his glory. Remember, we learned of Jesus the light. We learned that we're supposed to receive Jesus the light who transforms his children. We learned of John's testimony of the light, the rejection of the light, and receiving of the light. We remember the, the main purpose of John's book was that he says in John 20, 31, that his gospel was written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life, transformed life in his name. And so let's remember John's testimony. Remember the one who came before Jesus. Let's not reject Jesus, but rather receive Jesus as the light. And let's pray right now to allow Jesus the light to greatly illuminate us to know the privilege and responsibility of abiding in our King Jesus as we become these transformed children of God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. You are the light, the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through you, Jesus. And so let us just know that and feel that and see that now. Lord, and as we sing and respond in communion, Lord, we sing um, this song, Prepare the Way. Let's remember John's testimony. Let's cry out to you, Jesus, and let's not reject you, but allow us to receive you right now and embrace this awesome privilege and responsibility to be these transformed children uh, of you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.